What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? We got a little bit different show for you this week. Uh, I'm by myself. We just could not get it together. Uh, Sir Sir Chromatic and I, our schedules were just too different because of my trip to Cleveland, Ohio. And I will be talking a little bit about that uh, later on. So I am here by myself and I am going to drink some beer and talk about my trip. And I don't know what else I'm going to talk about. I really haven't written down anything. Uh, I'm recording this actually Friday morning. I was supposed to do it last night, Thursday night, try to get it out. But by the time I got home, I was just tired and I was beat. So it is what it is. And we are who we are. And let's let's talk about some beer, huh? Let's, let's get into the beer. Now, today I have in front of me from our good friends in Carlsbad, California. The Bergeon, is it Bergeon or Bergeon? A beer company. I have their Optical Distortion. It is a New England style hazy IPA, 6.4% alcohol by volume, and it is made with Eldorado, Galaxy, and Motueka hops. So, here is the beer. Uh, see, this is the part where I would uh, hand it over to my co-host, Sorcerer Chromatic, and I'd say, tell me about your beer. And it gave me time to pour my beer, you know, um, get the aroma, look at the clarity, or, you know, look at the uh, the SRM. Uh, this one is, oh, it looks like kind of like a, like a pineapple orange juice type color. Um, it's got a nice head, about a half inch um, foamy head. It's not dissipating at all. Oh, it's got some wonderful citric hops, um, some fruity. It's a lot of fruity aromas. You know, the, in the early days of the hazy, there wasn't a lot of aroma coming off. But these days, we get a lot of uh, a lot of different aromas from the hops. So here we go. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Um, nothing over the top. Very uh, subtle. Um, what do you call it? Subtle citrusy flavors. Some uh, maybe some passion fruit or, or passion fruit or guava in there uh, definitely some tropical fruit notes and it's pretty light there's no uh, it's not very heavy um it's kind of refreshing actually and almost on along the lines of a maybe like a crisp uh, pilsner or something but um very light mouthfeel and pretty good um it's actually a very good uh, intro hazy beer because there's not a lot of um uh, bold flavors that or None, no dankiness whatsoever either so it's a nice light 
IPA, even though it's 6.4, so definitely not a crushable one. You do want to take your time with this one, because uh, a couple of these and you'll be already uh, ready to take a nap. So, <laughs> pretty good. Um, I will rate this later during my untag untagged, untapped portion of the show. And uh, yeah, so just wait and see what I rate it later on, see how this opens up. But for now, it's time for tripping around the world with Greg. <laughs> I have no idea what to call it. So this week I went to Cleveland, Ohio. Now I have often heard of this town called uh, the mistake by the lake. And you know, not a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of people disparage Cleveland. Now the parts that I've seen, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought downtown was nice. I've been to a lot of big cities downtowns. You know, I've been to New York City and L.A., of course, and San Francisco and San Jose. Um, I know San Jose is not the biggest downtown, but it's still a, a, a nice downtown. So I've been to some downtown areas. You know, have, they have the old, um, the old uh, stone buildings, you know, with the columns and the statues all over it. Very ornate uh, facades. And this one's uh, just the same. They have a lot of unique buildings. They have a lot of, they have like an old cemetery right in the middle of the, of the city. Um, very like, like during the, during, uh, what do you call it? During this, the winter nights, I bet you it's very uh, spooky looking, but they have like a lot of cool, um, cool buildings. Uh, the guardians, the, you know, the major league baseball, uh, Cleveland guardians there. Their uh, stadium is on the, uh, you know, kind of like the outskirts. I think it's right along the Cuyahoga River. Um, the Brown Stadium. Ah, I forgot what it's called. First State Bank or something like that. Um, First Energy. They are right on the banks of the of Lake Erie. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I forgot what their, their arena is called, but it's right next to the Guardians. So they have a lot of stuff. Um, they have a lot of cool old buildings, like I said, and some good restaurants, some really good night spots. And we stayed at the Hilton downtown and it was connected to the convention center which is actually the convention center is built underground so you don't see the building at all you have to go down and, and go into it and so in that in that sense it's kind of cool and uh, in another sense uh it, it you know it occupies a, a lot of square feet or you know acreage without taking up any building spaces so that was cool the uh, saw the courthouse it was right across from the hilton and City Hall was right down the street. And a couple of things that they did for us, uh, my company did for us, was they took us out and we went to see the Christmas Story house. The house that was used to film A Christmas Story. We all know the Christmas Story movie comes out every Christmas time, of course, and TNT plays it on a loop for 24 hours. So we've all seen the, uh, well, most of us anyway, I found out that my parts coordinator at work, she hasn't seen it yet. So <laughs> it was kind of like, really? It's been all over the place for the last, I don't know how many years. And it's not like she's young, you know, she's, you know, a few years younger than me, but she's of the age where she would have seen it ad nauseum during Christmas time. So, so there are some people out there who haven't seen it yet, but so it was, uh, you know, they discovered it, um, by accident and they, Talked the guy into letting him use it, so he let him use it, and it wasn't until a few years later when the movie caught cult status because of cable, and that's when people started showing up. So the the subsequent owners tried to change it. You know, they they repainted it and they 
gutted the inside and modernized it. And then one of the guys who worked at Google, I think his name's Brian Jones or Brian Wilson or something like that. He bought it and refurbished it 100%. They showed pictures of the construction and it was to- pretty much totally gutted. Everything had to be returned back to its 1940s uh, style um, that you see in the movie. And everything in the house is is interactive. You could touch anything. They have a Christmas tree in the corner with the the crooked light. They have both couches, you know, that you could sit on. And they had a, a Red Rider BB gun, you know, a replica that you could take pictures with, you know, in front of the tree. And they had Randy's little uh, fire engine. I thought that was cool. They had the blue bowling ball too, if you wanted to recreate the scene. They had the little spot where Randy, underneath the sink or underneath the cabinet, uh, was hiding from the old man. And what else they have? They have, um, you go upstairs, they had the, the kids' bedroom. It was, it was actually a pretty big bedroom. Um, the only thing you couldn't interact with, they, they asked you not to lie, lie on the beds. Because they were neatly made and they probably just don't want to keep making it over and over again. Um, they had like all the, 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 what do you call it, the magazines, uh, the Lifebuoy soap. They had the phone on the wall that the mom used uh, to talk to Mrs. Schwartz. And if you pick up the phone and listen, they have the audio of the the movie of <laughs> when the, their conversations. So uh, let's see what else they had in the bathroom. They had the hamper pulled up to the toilet with the decoder ring and the little pad of paper that Ralphie used to decode um, the crummy commercial. Then you could pick that up and take pictures with it. And uh, one uh, cool thing that I did not know was they actually took the top floor the third floor and they renovated it so it got modern conveniences it's like a little kitchenette and you know a bed and you can rent out a christmas story house during the month of uh december for a thousand dollars a night um and then also on christmas eve if you wanted it on christmas eve it's five thousand dollars a night and the tour guide said that it's booked like in the next five years on christmas eve so there are people out there who love the movie that much and have enough money <laughs> to spend five I, I i don't know about you but i uh th- could think of a better way to spend five thousand dollars so it, it but it's still it's still a cool idea and next door they have the bumpus house and they we didn't go in there i have no idea what's in there i forgot to ask didn't think of asking and they had restored that so it's um it looks really nice and the backyard just looks like just like in the movie you know you have the the fence with the shed and you can just imagine black bart and his gang crawling over the fence and uh, climbing on the shed to <laughs> to get ralphie and across the street they also have the they also bought the two houses across the street one is pretty big they gutted it out and so they turned it into the gift shop so it's pretty pretty wild all the stuff you could buy all the christmas story stuff you could buy a lot of it i've seen online though so you know like the uh, christmas ornaments and the pink bunny suit and all the different stuff they even have a red rider bb gun i've seen that online too you could buy that online but they still have it there and they have the compass in the stock and the thing that tells time the thing that tells time is just a sundial but you need the compass so you turn north so you can actually get the the the, you know approximate time anyway and so they have that and next door they have a museum and it's another house um that was you know gutted it sort of gutted out the floor plant's still there and but they have the in the different rooms they have um cases they have uh different items from the movie props you know costumes they have randy's um suit that he couldn't put his arms down they had that 
It's like Scott Farkas's hat and his uh, buddy Grover Dill's hat, like right next to each other. And pictures, Darren McGavin stuff. Um, they had, you know, the mom's stuff, the mom's robe. And they even had a replica in the garage of the, the old man's uh, Oldsmobile. <laughs> and uh, let's see, it's like a 1937 Oldsmobile. I forgot which kind it is. but So they had a lot of cool stuff. And they had one of the original six red rider bb guns that were made for the movie now she was telling us that there were six made um three of them are accounted for three of them are not accounted for they they might be in landfills because as i noted the movie did not do very well in the theater it wasn't until it came on cable and that's when it uh crafted a cult cult following so there might be three out there three of them might be in a landfill so she said, if you're ever out at a garage sale or a state sale or anything, and you see a Red Rider BB gun, um, and you, one way you could tell it's made for a lefty. So the compass and the stock are on the other side and the, uh, um, the barrel's made out of steel. So, you know, like get a magnet or something and test it. Cause all the replicas are made out of aluminum. So those are two ways. And then there's other ways they can identify it. So if you ever find one, they said, if you bring it, um, send it to them they will um, authenticate it for you. But whatever the case might be, it is still a fun time. I wouldn't go out to Cleveland just for a Christmas story house. But if you're ever in the Cleveland area and you had time, definitely go out there because it's it's very, it's delightful. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's just so fun and it just reminds you of the movie and everything in there is, is I mean, they even have the plug with all the, you know, the, the extensions coming out, kind of like the movie they had in the movie. Um, they, all the little touches they, that they add to the, uh, to the set is, uh, it's just hilarious. So check that out. And then after that, uh, we went to lunch, um, called a uh, shooters. I think shooters on the waters right next to the improv kind of, I forgot who was on it. Uh, no one I heard of, um, was going to be there that weekend and at shooters, uh, it's right at the mouth of the Cuyahoga river where it meets Lake Erie. So that was kind of cool. And we got to see this big, huge barge just like kind of maneuver that uh small area because it just took up the whole that whole junction and so it was and it was able to do it on its own because i probably has front and um rear engine so that was kind of cool <laughs> i don't know how they do it but you know that's why the guy uh, behind the wheel gets paid you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that and after that after we went to shooters we went over to the rock and roll hall of fame it was like nine inch nails day so there's like tons of stuff going on out front um inside we saw a lot of really cool um items um you know from rock history from you know elvis and prince and uh the who um who else the doobie brothers they just david bowie um you name it they were in there especially in the basement the basement is the biggest it's a pyramid so of course you know the basement the base of the pyramid is going to be the biggest square footage so i had the most stuff they even had they even gave a nod to like modern day people even though they haven't been inducted yet but you know people who are doing stuff um right now that are big like the weekend had i think a jacket and a glove in there um billy eilish had a suit that she wore i think lady gaga had something and so it was it was really cool and they actually took you through the history of music how it evolved um not only through the US, the US but through the UK so you know you started off early with the the early rockers like Jerry Lee Lewis and and Elvis and then you know in the in the 60s how you know the the 
R&B to um, came to the the forefront a little bit, and um, in the late '60s, you know, the hippie movement, and the '70s, you have a little bit of disco, and so there was a lot of cool stuff. You know, they had a big old huge uh, area for Rolling Stones, so I, I took a little video and sent it to my mom because she's a big Rolling Stones mark. So um, then, um, in on floor number two. They had some uh, interactive stuff um, where they had like uh, guitars and taught you lessons. Very simple, like guitar riffs, like single string riffs. Um, they also had some uh, like a set, you know, like a drum set with the bass guitar and uh, lead guitar. And, and there was people there like, you know, who are musicians and they were playing stuff and they were pretty good. Uh, can't quite tell you because I forgot what they uh, what they were playing. Got up to the third floor and that's like the inductees uh, floor. And they had like uh, all the plaques on the wall of each year of who got inducted each year. And then there was some screens and with headphones and you can select and listen to music from different inductees. So, of course, I went in there and I listened to like NWA and LL Cool J. <laughs> and then we got to the fourth floor and they said, um, yeah, we're shutting down right now for a special event. So you got to get out. So I didn't get to see the fourth floor. I wanted to. Oh, no, we, we were almost gonna get to the escalator so i hadn't even got up to the fourth floor and i heard the fourth floor the listed on the fourth floor was the uh the whole thing was uh dedicated to pink floyd and the wall so i was a little bit upset i couldn't see that um oh uh getting back to the the bottom floor though they had a really small corner or a little slice for hip-hop and i just thought it was fucking amazing i was in awe of everything that's in there they had some old um you know the the if you're a fan of hip hop, uh, you realize it started like in New York and they had like, you know, the the flyers for the parties, for the block parties, you know, with Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc and all that stuff. And that was cool. They had a um, jacket from Biggie. He was big. Um, they had some handwritten stuff by by Tupac. And what else did they have? They had uh, some stuff from Jay-Z. Um, that was that was really cool. I, I really loved that one that area um the most and i was hoping for a little bit more hip-hop but at least they had hip-hop because i was wondering where, where country was because i know country western music isn't exactly uh what do you call it uh, um rock and roll but it had a big influence especially like on people like jerry lee lewis and dad uh, you know johnny cash was in there uh who else uh, uh elvis was influenced by country music so it wasn't just it shouldn't just be about rock and roll so maybe it's on the fifth or sixth floor because I didn't get all the way up to uh, the, to see even the fourth floor. So it went all the way up to six. But they were saying that each you know successive floor, the the space gets smaller. Of course, it's a pyramid. So um, there wasn't a lot um, up there. But there still might have been something, you know. So definitely want to get back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, one of these days. In fact, that might be a reason to go back to Cleveland is just to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because I was just in awe. I didn't even have time to read every single little thing, even though I, I know I didn't want to read everything because there's some bands that, you know, just didn't really, uh, they're just not my, you know, they're not my gig, you know, they're, or they're not my, uh, they're not my taste. doesn't mean that they're bad or they don't deserve to be there. They're just not my style. So, but there's other things that I really wanted to read, uh, you know, all the little plaques and everything, you know, I, I read some of them, but there was, we just had to keep moving because, um, you know we were in a big old group so i couldn't just linger behind but i would like to take more time um i was I'd, I'd also like to go see the the nfl hall of fame 
which is about an hour away. I looked it up, drive time. I didn't have a car, so I couldn't um, drive down there whenever I wanted to. Um, I guess it, it would have been cool. I, I could have borrowed somebody's car because a few people drove in, um, so they had rentals. So I probably could have, but I didn't ask. Uh, but one of these days, I'd like to get back. So check out the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame, and depending who I'm with, um, maybe go see a Christmas Story house again. So it Cleveland was fun. I gotta say, Cleveland was a lot of fun. Um, the one brewery that I went to was Great Lakes Brewing. The uh, the company, my company, uh, set up uh, an event there. So we we weren't in the tap room, um, but we were in the production facility upstairs. They have an event room. And they have a bar with some taps on it. They uh, they had more of their flagship beers. And I was a little disappointed because later on, we, when we got to the hotel, we went up to the 32nd floor bar. And they had they had um, the Great Lakes Brewing's Oktoberfest, which they didn't have in the event room. So they do have more beers. I'm sure they had a lot. Um, you know, maybe they had, they had some barrel-aged stuff in the tap room. So I was a little disappointed about that. But... Hey, it was free beer, every you know, free food. Everything was paid for. It was good to see everybody, and got to the uh, got to see when we got to the thirty second floor at the Hilton. It looks over the uh, the Brown Stadium, so we got to see the stadium. I got to look. You don't really see the field, but you can see the uh, you can see into it as far as like the you know the second row or the second uh, second tier of the second deck. There you go, the second deck of the stadium. So I got to see that, and it was all lit up because the Browns were hosting the uh, the Steelers, and and downtown's pretty crazy during uh when when there's a Browns game going on, just like any other uh, local area next to a stadium um, would be during a home game. So you know the NFL, there's only 17 games, you know nine or ten depending on. Wait, is it no? Is it 10, 11 now? Well, that, I guess that's with uh, it's eight or nine regular season because preseason don't count. It, you know, so it, it always turns out there's always a big turnout, and one of the uh, one of the guys that was driving us said that they uh, even th- during the down years it's still it's still very popular. It, it's a very uh, it's got a, a high draw to it. So the uh, the fans still turn out. So Browns fans are pretty loyal fans. I, I got to admit that because they had a <laughs> they've had a lot of bad years, and um, this year doesn't look good. It looks about fifty fifty right now, right for the Browns. But anyway. Um, Cleveland's great experience. Uh, I don't know why they call it the mistake by the lake. Um, I'm sure there's there's more areas that I didn't see that we. Uh, it's not that they shielded it from us. It's just we pretty much stayed in our little um, circle, our little routes, and so you know there's a lot of industrial there. I mean a lot, a lot of industrial, <laughs> like uh, I think steel mills and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean there's a lot of uh, you know big buildings with a lot of rust on them, um, but. I wouldn't call that downtrodden. I would just say that's, you know, that's the American way. That's the Rust Belt right there. And but as far as the bad parts of the city, I'm sure there are some. Every big city's got bad parts. Every little city's got bad parts. We just, they, we didn't get to, I didn't get to see them. So um, I had fun in Cleveland. Great time. I'm sure I'll talk a lot, a little bit about it um, when uh, Sorcerer Chromatic and I record again this weekend for next week's show. And so uh, maybe some more details will come out. But that was pretty much it um, as far as the highlights. Uh, so a couple of the other beers that I did have, I had a Hazy IPA by, I think it was Mark, Market Garden Brewing. That was my favorite beer uh, by far of the whole trip. 
and I also had some by Platform. Platform's another uh, brewery that was uh, well represented. And I had a Rheingeist, but they're out of Cincinnati. Still Ohio, though. It was a Rheingeist. It was a Pilsner, I believe, or a lager of some kind. And yes, I know Pilsners are lagers, but not all lagers are Pilsner. So I had a good time. Had some really good uh, beer. Now, everything was free for the most part. I think a few times um, we bought some beer, but... A lot of the times it was all paid for, so that, that makes it even better, right? Anyway. All right, so I uh, guess I'll uh, talk about my beer now. It opened up a little bit. I know it hasn't been too long since I started, and I've only had a few sips because I've been talking with y'all. Let me take another sip right now. It's pretty good. Uh, I, you know, as, as it got warmer, it, it opened up a little bit. Um, there's a lot more tropical uh, flavors to it. Um, it's a, gotten a little bit more, um, I want to say sophisticated, but maybe a wider, uh, wider range of flavors. So it was not as singular as, as when I first, I think that's what it, what it was. It was just too cold. It was too closed. Um, it wasn't, it hadn't opened up yet. Now that's gotten a little bit of warmth to it. Not too much, but it's still cold, but, uh, it's not room temperature or anything, but it, it widened the, uh, the flavor profile, um, quite a bit, it, significantly enough for me to notice anyway, so. This is pretty good, so I am going to bust out my phone right now. Oh, there it is. forgot where I put it. And let me see. Let me look up uh, Optical. You know, before I look up Optical Distortion, I'm going to I'm gonna say this is a 4. 4.25. I like it. It's really good. Easy drinking. So let's see here. There's my untapped app. Opening up. Optical. This. Oh, there it is. Has an overall rating of 3.92. One of our friends has rated it or has checked in on it. Um, that'd be uh, my good friend Eddie Gomez. He uh, he had it over at Trevor's, but he did not rate it. He just checked in on it. Trevor's is over there on the East Valley, and I haven't I've yet to go there, but I heard. I mean, Eddie goes there all the time. I see him posting on Instagram, so um, I trust his. Uh, his beer palette so it's got to be good i mean or in, in his uh his sense of you know what, what what's a good spot to drink beer so i got to get out there one of these days all right let me see here let me check it in i'm gonna do a four two five i bought this beer um over at ground control by the way for those of you looking for a good beer spot and some good food at the same time check out ground control in litchfield park they did not pay me to say that i just uh i feel like uh plugging my friend Ian's uh, spot. So, optical distortion. I'm gonna say it is um, light, tropical, and hmm, no, yeah, just light and tropical. Those are the the best. I think that's the best way to describe this beer: light and tropical. Oops. Tropical. Tropic like it's hot. Ah, speaking of Eddie Gomez. Um, he and his, uh, podcast mates over there from Hoppy Craftsman, they had a, they had a beer called, uh, Tropic Like It's Hot. They had a collab with, uh, the Shop Beer Company, which I went, I went last night, um, my friend, um, Jessica, my friends, Jessica and Jen from the, uh, Phoenix Girls Pine Out, they had a, an event over there for the GPO, and it was like dog night, bring your dog night. So they, there was, uh, four ladies who brought their dogs, very cute dogs. Um, but, uh, let's see. Yeah, but it was good to just to get out on a Thursday night. Cause you know, I work nights. So 
I was at home. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna go. Why not? Uh, I'm not doing anything. Uh, it'd be good to get out and see some friends. I had a half a mind not to go, um, just because of all the traveling I've been doing. I've been tired, but I'm like, nah, I gotta get out and say hi to people because I don't know when I'll be able to get out again. So it was good to get out there, talk with Jessica and Jen for a little bit, and met some of the other ladies and Mike, uh, big sexy Mike. Uh, got out there so i got to talk to him a little bit because uh he helps a uh, simple machine and he's gonna help katsune and tombstone he helps can their beers so uh it's good to, to talk to beer people and uh and just ask him his opinions about you know katsune's opening up they're opening up a new one in tempe called i want to say it's called 100 mile um brewing company there's a new one coming out so um yeah i just wanted to, to get his views on on the new openings and he's very positive he's very up on both uh, new breweries uh, kitsune and uh, 100 mile and we even talked about patent 39 for a little bit the uh the one uh, opened by the uh the haas avocado air i don't know if he's you call him an air but you know he's uh, from the lineage from the haas avocados and there's there i think they opened up uh earlier this year like around 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 february and so i haven't heard them making too much waves in the valley yet um but i guess they're still brewing out of a one barrel system so that's probably why because they're they're just not producing a lot of beers and um but yeah i heard they also have a good uh i think they he says they serve food too i gotta get out there so there's a lot of new breweries i gotta get out to um all in due time now that all my traveling's over and all my training and all my uh, competition and all that is over um i will be able to get out there a little bit more and check out some of the local spots and um, get with people and, and start doing more interviews. That's uh, that's part of why I wanted to do um, why I want to do the show. It's just to talk with people about beer, talk with different people about beer. Plus, I'm going to start reaching out to uh, some Instagrammers and some brewers that are outside of my community, see if they want to come on the show and talk about beer because uh, it's always good to bring the community together. And that was one of the focal points of our conversation last night at GPO was um, just how, even though that we do have some problems in the beer community, like, like any other community, um, we feel that ours is, a, a more, um, inclusive and open to all types of people. As long as you like beer, you know, beer is for everyone. <clears throat> just like, uh, what's that Instagram? I think it's, uh, account is called beers for everyone. So plus we just talked about beer. <laughs> the beer that we were drinking over at the shop they had some really good collabs going on with kings and they had one called the uh, i think it was called blue smurf it was a milkshake ipa it's really sweet but i just thought it was redundant like do you really have to call it blue smurf are there any yellow or red smurfs uh, not that i know of so <laughs> um that was just my take on the name but the, the beer was pretty good my favorite was the uh the collab they did with kings and it was a west coast style ipa um very uh very dank and and a little bit of sweet a little bit of sweetness in there probably from the malt so there was a it was a good time I'm, I'm glad i went out the only negative thing was when i got home i was just tired and i just wanted to go to sleep so i didn't i wasn't able to record this last night but maybe today being a little bit more clear-headed and gives me a different um, perspective and i'm a little bit more you know uh, energetic i feel good um did a little uh cleaning around the house uh change the spark plugs uh in my car which i've been kind of putting off because of all the traveling i've been doing and so i finally got to be able to do that and the next thing i got to do is change the uh, serpentine belt 
and probably the idler just to be sure and uh yeah so that that shouldn't be too uh too time consuming it's just uh well maybe it will be because uh, i haven't done it before and and i don't know if you've seen today's modern engines there's just so you know tight in there in the engine compartment that it is kind of hard to to get um to get your hands down in there like it's not like the old <laughs> my old 1970 volvo I could have put two i could have dropped two uh, inline fours in there and probably still had another enough room for uh, a bunch of mods but uh yeah so that's the next thing i have to do because i learned through my training that uh with today's new uh serpentine belts they should be changed every 100,000 miles and i didn't know that and that maintenance thing did not come up on my uh um on my maintenance minder for the uh for the the honda um because every every so often it'll tell me hey you need to do this you know you need to change your oil your cooling needs done you know check your brakes uh change the spark plugs stuff like that um i haven't seen a, a maintenance minder for the serpentine belt but i learned that most uh today's serpentine belts like like, like i said have to be changed about a hundred thousand miles so so i'm gonna have to go and do that so um i'm looking fun I, i'm looking forward to doing that i like working on my own car the only the only things that i really don't like doing or even, don't even have the the means to do are like coolant where do i take coolant i i don't know if autozone takes it um i'm sure the transmission fluid is probably the same but the transmission fluid and the coolants are usually they recommend the change at the same time so why not just have a shop do it it's just easier that way and i know i got to change the my rear struts because uh, those are starting to leak so um yeah a lot of fun stuff i finally got to get to start working on my car and and given the knowledge that i've been building up i know I've, I've been doing a lot of uh training for diesel um you know heavy duty trucks class eight uh heavy duty trucks but um a lot of it still applies i mean i know how to turn a wrench right and i'm very uh handy with my hands <laughs> i guess that's why they call it handy right oh anyway listen to me uh babylon i'm gonna stop it right here this is gonna be a short show um next show will be uh, the full um the full regalia um i don't know what we're gonna do with uh now the house of house of the dragon we, we gotta talk about two episodes plus there's the the andor series man next the next uh, recording might be like three hours i have no idea we'll just wait and see <laughs> oh man anyway the jets are coming around so i better hurry up before they uh they ruin my recording and just end it here. So thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg on behalf on of Sorcerer Chromatic. Wait, is that on behalf of Sorcerer Chromatic? Yeah, that's right. Um, I'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time.